Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and today we're on the phone with a special guest, part of the Project Purple family, our running coach, John Hunterkamp. John, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Well, thanks for coming back. I know we don't have you in the studio this time, and I have to, re- I- I'm kind of going back in my memory. You were here in the summertime or early, no, I think it was like late spring. And you were clean shaven. And for our audience listening at home, John, you have a full thick beard now. Yeah, I think it's for, I don't know, a couple years ago, um, I started Marathon Sunday was the last time I would shave. And then I I don't shave until January 1st. Um, Part of it stemmed from when I used to work at New York Roadrunners, their whole event staff, um, at least the the gentlemen anyway, would grow beards during the marathon because it's such a grind for staff. And you work at all these hours and some... Some of the staff are actually living in Fort Wadsworth for three or four weeks setting up. Um, so they all grow their beards, and I was always wanted to be clean cut because I do some media stuff. And, and so my version of that was, you know, during the holidays where I would grow a beard and kind of do it on my own. But it was my kind of homage to the the event team and doing all that work, and then kind of me getting in there on the trail end of that. But I actually like growing it. I don't necessarily like having it. So it, and every year it's more and more like Santa. <laughs> white's coming in and you know my head is, is not bad but then all of a sudden I grow a beard I'm like wait a second I like this age it's like 10 years but yeah, I do have a beard for the next few weeks I you know what you just said something so I've tried to do this I, I have to admit like you know New York marathons are our last biggest event here at Project Purple typically and like you said it like when you're in the when you're doing events it's hard to like show up to like a presentation and have like a three-day scruff and people think that right. you are like this uh person who doesn't really take life so seriously not that a three-day scruff should say anything about that but uh, we had a pretty big and, and john you know what that that's such a great idea like that marathon sunday because then that following monday at least for me I always have that charity breakfast, right? And I feel kind of weird showing up in front of the heads of state of the New York Roadrunners, and there's usually board members there, and I'm usually dressed in, you know, some sort of professional attire, and, uh, you know, meeting, you know, board members with that scruff is a little funny, but that that's actually, you know, this year was tough. We gave our big grant to NYU, the 15th. I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, the 15th of November, and I really tried. So I actually, and those in the office, I did grow the mustache for uh, about 10 days. I was told to shave it by my family. I actually, I think I did it the last 10 days of November, and it came in pretty scary. And I think the office was wondering here internally if I was going to keep it or if I was going to grow it out. And then December 1st hit, and I was like, all right, I'll shave it off. Yeah, I just actually went to Columbus, Ohio last weekend for a USATF annual convention. And I feel like every time, I, and it's at the same time every year, in the last couple of years I've gone and I've had this like beard, which I'm not, I don't normally have. And people like, but people that I only see there probably think I have a beard all the time. But <laughs> to me, it's almost like I'm wearing a disguise. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, because now it's beyond that itchy stage where yeah. I almost don't notice it. I also thought my daughter would hate it and be afraid. And she seems to like to at least play with it or, you know, she's, I, would, I would have shaved if she, like, didn't like it. She's crying. Um, <laughs> it might, and the opposite might happen. Well, I'll shave now and she's going to be like, who are you? 
Yeah, um, she won't recognize you. Grow gradually, but um, yeah, again, it's more fun growing it versus having it. And uh, so, and I'm also doing supposed to do a headshot this week for a Daily Burn, which is a group uh, I'm working with for some audio workouts. And so, like, going like, coming for a headshot, I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do that now. Can wait to January first, or can I give you the one that I did a couple months ago? Because I don't think I'm not a beard guy. It's just this one month or so that I, I kind of step into that, you know, kind of realm to, to grow a beard. But uh, you know, enough about that. I guess. John, well, you wear it well, buddy. You wear it well, and and I I Thank commend you. you for doing that. Uh, that's actually, uh, I wish I could, there is some envy here. I have beard envy, Sam, our producer, you know, he has his beard. He's thick. He's, you know, 21 years old. He has no gray. The problem with me is my lamb chops come in really gray and I look more like Santa Claus than I do like, uh, some crazy guy. So, uh, I give you, I, I have beard envy for you. So you, you wear it well. All right. Thanks. So thanks for joining us on the podcast today. And I know we're excited. We had a great year this year, record year for us. You played a big part in getting the record number of runners that we had run all across the country ready for race day. I know a lot of them used your services and and what you provide here at Project Purple. And we want to kind of talk about a lot of things going into 2019. And I know we could spend hours here talking about running. And um, I've got a couple things I want to hit. And the first thing, and I know you and I talked just briefly before we started recording here, is the end of the journey, as I call it, or the the aftermath of these marathons. So for our listeners at home, many of them who have probably run a marathon the last, I mean, this is December, we're in December here, so it could, you know, we've got Dallas this weekend. It could have been the last, you know, three months here where they set a PR um, or, you know, ran a marathon and they have what I call, and John, you and I talk about this. What do you think the best term for this is like that, those Monday blues maybe? And then it's um, you feel like you like lost all these all this fitness that you've gained. So 
Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, you know. I mean, I think in, you know, naturally with athletics, there's like a finale, right? There's a, there's finality in in, in athletics, right? Because not everyone plays forever. Um, whether you're a professional, um, you're never gonna always be on top. There's gonna be like that window of uh, for professionals when they are on top or at peak performance, and that may ebb and flow clearly. But just for our audience here listening probably for the majority of the audience is like yeah there's the finality in like hey you've achieved this great accomplishment and then there's like you have such a high on that day and then boom monday hits and you're like back to normal like wow like i don't have to get up at four o'clock to run um i don't have to watch what i eat we hope that I think there's a lot of good habits that are formed in training for races, whether it's a half marathon or marathon, that those people keep those habits like eating healthy and staying active, not necessarily going out and running 20 miles on a Saturday. But um, what are some of the things, John, that you could share for our audience listening at home? Maybe do process that or some of the things that like you've done i mean you've run new york multiple times you've run multiple marathons like what are some of the things that you do to kind of reassess because i think this is an important conversation to have because i think a lot of times like i tell runners they have to kind of process everything take a couple weeks like they come off this incredible high but process it and also you know, realize what you accomplished. I mean, some of our runners raise, they all raise money. Um, Some go above and beyond, which is amazing. And that's not easy to do um, at any respect, at any level, but it's a pretty special thing to do that. So I always tell the runners, like, take a couple weeks, just realize the great accomplishment that you've achieved but also like process it. So, you know, in your experience, what are some of the things that you do? Because I mean, you're coming back year after year after year, which is incredible and not easy to do, but are there strategies that you use on that next kind of follow-up to kind of get you ready for the for the next round? Yeah, I like to try to keep, um, I mean, obviously you want to recover mentally and physically you need a break. So in that first week or so or two, you, you know, you don't find out you can run or maybe you do some cryotherapy or a good massage and you really you, know, you just want to rest up but then you kind of get that itch where your your legs feel no longer sore and you're like oh I'm ready to go and you're really not so you start here once you start back running you don't necessarily want to run hard for at least three weeks you know um, from that big race um, but I usually try to sign up for something I know like we have the NYC half coming up for those who are, are local or, 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 or want to come to New York City for that weekend and that's plenty of time to obviously recover and then or building up, or but I'm even with some groups that I train. We're putting on a, you know, we're we're doing like a four mile race or a five mile race. Where can you kind of keep that community? Because part of that is you're seeing all these new training partners. Hopefully, where you're on the journey with people in Project Purple or other charities, or just people in your neighborhood, or maybe you're on a team now because you met someone on your long run and getting back into the community spirit. Where it's, you, know, you just go for an easy jog and grab a beer or a coffee. It's, that part is the thing that people miss because that kind of grows. It's kind of like the beard with my daughter. Yeah. You see it over time, it grows. Like your marathon journey, you're picking up, you know, this friend or this colleague or, you know, this trick or this insight. And as after that four or five, six month journey, I don't want to say you're a different person, but you definitely have a lot more perspective, especially the, you know, going through the marathon and stuff. So, you know, you can get those things back that, you know, you don't need to run a 20 mile or run with your new training buddy to kind of get back into the feel things you can go for a five mile jog or race a 5k and maybe not care about the your time but it's you're still in that kind of general kind of routine i also enjoy i tell
definitely jo- enjoy having some flexibility where you can skip a long run or even have a long run. And just because then once you get back into maybe the NYC half or maybe it's London or Boston or even turn up, you know, June or around or back to New York or Chicago training, it, it goes pretty quick and then you have to lock into more of a set schedule. So enjoy the flexibility. Although some people either are type A or out of the gate or become type A with marathon training and and then they kind of like, you know, it's nice to you crave that structure and that routine. But it's also nice to have a break from that because there's going to be something coming up, whether it's running or not running related, that uh, you have to lock in, whether it's maybe you're taking a class or you're doing some continuing edit work. But it's really one of these things where having like, you can, reach, you can bring back most of that kind of routine community um, shelf training without doing the 20 miler, without, you know, taking six hours out of your weekend to do a major run. You can do some smaller things. And even if it's like a hot chocolate 5K or, you know, especially if the weather getting cold for those here in the Northeast or Midwest, it's, um, you have to put on those layers and that gets tricky. And so it's always, that community is always nice to have to get out the door, that accountability. So you can get back into the training swing of things without being in marathon mode. And if, People came to running like for the first time or the first time in a while because of Project Purple and the marathon journey that go around. Um, you know, they don't have to go back to where they were, where they weren't maybe running at all. You can go back to kind of instead of going from zero to sixty, which the marathon probably felt like. You can go back to twenty or thirty, dial it back. You know, do a third of what you were doing, and at least you're not uh, starting from scratch if you decide to to you know, go after the NYC half or the Brooklyn half or the. New York City Marathon or whatever race that they might be doing. But that's um, just having smaller goals and, and smaller accountability things like easy runs or going for yoga or, you know, even just getting coffee and not even running, grabbing a beer with someone you met through running. And you're talking about it, but it, it's not like you're in the full immersed training mode where that, that's tough to do more than a few months. You definitely need that mental and physical break for sure. Um, so I know I said a lot there, but those are some of the things that I kind of try to get my runners to do where give yourself a break. But then I understand with the holidays, next thing you know, you feel like you lost all this physical uh, adv- advances that you made. So, you know, keep keep that routine. Do three days a week or two days a week. Don't do nothing because then you're, people often will like keep pushing it back. Oh, well, it's for Thanksgiving. Oh, well, now it's for the holidays and like, Christmas time. And uh, let's, uh, let's wait till uh, New Year's Eve resolutions come in. But try to kind of get ahead of it a little bit by getting out there once or twice a week. And then that sometimes can, you know, if you're not waiting for that next, you're not, you know, you're not losing as much as you can by having to hold off or busy. You still need to have that stress release, you know, when you're you know, holiday shopping or, you know, deadlines for work, year-end stuff. So just make sure it's all about balance, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think one thing, and I learned from um, you know being around some really successful folks professionally in a corporate setting and in a uh, you know athletic setting, and even if you look at the professionals, they all take breaks. <laughs> you know, no one's superhuman, and I, I I think this notion of just like constantly being on the go, like 120 percent nonstop, 365 days of the year. Is, is ludicrous. And e- even the best of the best, the guys at the very highest level, they all find ways to recharge and take breaks. And whether it's mental and physical, they, they find ways to do that. And I think- what and one, just, one, thing I, one thing I didn't mention is it, that's kind of related is if, you're, if you had a set time goal, whether it was your first marathon or your fifth, 
something yeah. or I had a cramp at 13, what happened to my nutrition? So you try to backtrack and see what's, yeah, you most of you finished and got your medal and raised the money and raised your awareness, but a lot of us had, you know, are competitive with ourselves or even our coworkers or neighbors or brother-in-law or whatever. If you missed your goal or something went wrong, um, you know, it's same thing with the pros. It's like you're only as good as your last race. So if you had a bad race, like you're not running until six months, it's like a long time. You can't wait to get that bad taste out of your mouth. So for those who had time gold and something went awry, that, I think it's a little more challenging because you want to get out there and kind of you know, get another good race. Yeah. So that could be a 5K or a 5-miler or something. It doesn't have to be a marathon. But if you didn't have something, if it didn't go as planned or you came short of a goal that's eating at you, that makes it tough to relax and kind of recover because you're always thinking about, oh, man, I bent, you know, I actually had a guy just the trials, uh, well, see, I, I am marathon the last weekend. And I, I, I coach and manage the local New York Athletic Club team here, and uh, we had five athletes out there, and three of them qualified for the Olympic trials. But one guy ran 219.07, and he had to run, like, you know, 218.59. So the guy that has two kids was working full-time, and he missed the Olympic trials qualifier by eight seconds. And it's like, ah. And so that's an example of, I mean, obviously more of the elite stream of example of, he has to wait six months to, to try that again. Or, you know, so that's something where it's tough to let yourself off the hook if you had such a time, strong time goal and it, it for whatever reason came up short. So for those, I think it's an extra layer of challenge, but try to get, you know, leave yourself uh, some leeway there and then relax a little bit because you're not going to come back a month later and try to race, um, you know, a marathon to get that whatever time you need a lot of time to recover and build again and hopefully learn some things and what went wrong. And sometimes it's just a crapshoot. Like, there's no idea what went wrong. It just, you know, came up short. So that's one thing I think it's important to mention for those people who are a little more time-focused. Uh, give yourself a break and, you know, next you know, you'll be out there for your next race and you can kind of uh, give it a go again. But uh, it can be extra challenging if that's like your last race or something that's like a little bit disappointing. So, you know, try to be I think you summed it up pretty well there. It is easier said than done sometimes, <laughs> you know, I think we all have these like, um, you know, ideas and goals. And sometimes as we know with the pros, like they train, they have the best of the best. They do all the things right. And just come race day, it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. Um, something you said there, John, and, and, and I want to kind of shift here a little bit. You know, you said, you know, with uh, this time of year, we're in December and what do people do? They make resolutions for 2019. And I love, I used to love January going to Planet Fitness because those first like four days are like the madhouse. And it's not because you're giving out bagels and it's not pizza. It's just because everyone has set that. I'm going to get healthy in 2019 resolution. And, you know, they're talking about it at Christmas. They're talking about it on New Year's. And what do they do? First four days go great. And then that fifth day hits and they're like, holy cow, like I'm so sore. I can't move. I can't do this. And then they never show up ever again the rest of the year. So what are some of the things in particular with running, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people and, and we've had this and a lot. I mean, we've seen it where people have said, hey, I, I set this New Year's resolution and they, and they fulfill that. 
Um, but there's plenty of people who don't. And maybe some of those folks listening on the line, what are some strategies that we can share with people? Because I, I think in all of that, it's all about how you set yourself up, right? Like for me to say, hey, next year, John, I'm going to run a marathon every day for 26 days. Like I, if I were to say that today and then attempt to do that without the proper training, without the proper background and with, with everything else that needed to do that, it, it would fail. So it's, I think it's similar to anyone who sets, I mean, resolutions are goals, right? And to have a goal without a plan, you just, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So what are some of the things that people listening can plan for if running next year and I'll, I'll tee this up and say to run more or to get involved in running, you know, what are some of the things that listeners at home can do to plan to make that a reality versus just saying it and then, you know what, putting on their shoes on January 1st and going out for a run and then realizing after three days, like, holy cow, I can't move my legs because they're so sore because I haven't done this ever in my life. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't want to just, again, the 0 to 60 kind of uh, scenario or I'll do it January 1st and I can just go crazy and eat whatever I want and have five slices of pizza, 10 beers. It's like, you can actually start now and kind of so when the marathon, when January 1st rolls around, you're, you're kind of already started. You know, you're not doing five days a week or you're not, you know, but if you're doing nothing or barely anything now or whatever you're doing now, it reminds me of um, people who are like going on a diet, right? Like, oh, January 1st and also this, not eating any bread, no soda, you know, one cup of coffee, I mean, one slice of pizza versus three. Like, it's easier to do one one of those each week. Like, all right, this week, uh, I'm going to, like, not have bread. You know, that's one thing you want to, like, work on. And then the next week, you're like, you know, I'm going to cut out soda. And then the next, after four weeks, you've cut out four things, and it's been a gradual thing. It's not all cold turkey. Not someone who definitely could be all or nothing. I'm all in, or I'm like, see you later. But if you could just kind of, you can start now with having this big buildup of when you're launching because then it's, you know, you, you work out five days in a week and you're so sore or you, you, know, you hurt yourself or you're not ready for it. So we can like each week, you know, this is like the first, we just got to the first week in December or whenever you're listening to this, this is relevant for any time of year. Do, you know, one day a week of running this week and next week do two. Um, you can obviously eat better and you know, do those things in tandem. But just uh, so when January 1 rolls around, you're not starting scratch. You're like, I'm a little bit fitter than I was three weeks ago, and I, you know, I'm not running, you know, so when you you do five days a week that first week, you're coming off doing three or four, so it's not like this, you know, your body's not in shock, mentally you're not, you know, having to focus all week. Um, I think it's just one of these things of just being gradual about it, so it's not this epic launch and this epic failure, typically, where you're just, you know, it's like all or nothing. So that, and even in the holidays, I think, if you can get your, um, kind of like when you, whether it's the spring going into summer, which can be tricky with exercising outdoors, or the fall going into the winter, which can be tough with you know, the weather getting cold and dark, is you know, the spring and, and fall are a great time to get your routine down. So then when it gets super hot or if it gets super cold, you're, you're already in that routine. You're already getting up in the morning, you're getting your shoes on, getting out the door. You're not starting. If you start in the summer or the winter, I think it makes it tougher. Yeah. Um, you know, so just you know, set yourself up for success by being a little bit more intelligent about things because you can have to start all at once. That's why I think those, um, and you also have some variety too. Like if you don't have to go to the gym every five, you know, all five days a week, you could, you know, 
you know, go for a bike ride. You could, you know, do you go to Pilates class, um, jump to a treadmill class, which is you know more fun to do with people because you're not getting left. You're running different paces. I don't love the treadmill personally. I like getting outdoors and breathing the fresh air. But I've done some group classes where with your coworkers or your family, and uh, and, and those are pop. And, and John, those are becoming more and more popular. I mean, I, I just saw um, there was a couple. I mean, na- naturally in the bigger cities. <laughs> Um, you can find, I think, those uh, treadmill classes popping up at a variety of places, uh, standalone, and also in like Lifetime. I've seen does like a treadmill class, um, and they they are growing and expanding into major. Yeah, you have various boot camp, which is a version. Yeah, of that. you have Orange Theory. You have Orange Theory, Peloton, yeah. which is more known for cycling, has a Peloton thread. Yeah, tread rather. The Mile High here in New York has just opening up a third location on the Upper East Side and. Again, I don't love the treadmill. I've actually taught those classes. I've also done some audio treadmill classes for different groups, and it's I just whatever works. I know a woman who, um, who won the 1996 Olympic trials in the marathon, Christine Clark. She lives in Alaska. Did all her running on the treadmill. Was, you know, she was living in Alaska. And it's crazy. So like, I don't want to do that, but it, you know, it's definitely an, an option. And people often say, "Oh, you know, what's the treadmill running compared to regular running?" And I always say, "It's apple to apple. You know, put the 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 gradient of the." Um, Incline up to like one percent to kind of offset some things, but it's not like it's cycling or swimming to running. Treadmill running and outdoor running are super similar. I wouldn't worry about uh, converting it. It's you know it's a mile a mile for most purposes. But uh, yeah, mix it up. You don't want to do a treadmill class every day. You don't want to do full cycle every day. But it doesn't have to be running too. I would tell people to train as athletes, and I need to take my own advice here because. For me, it's just easy to get out the door and run, and that's totally great. But I definitely would be, you know, taking a boxing class or doing some other things that are training as an athlete versus just a runner. I think it's important, and that also you know, makes it makes it less likely to your fifth day in a row running, you know, out of the gates of New Year's or whatever. It gets kind of boring, or oh man, this is the same course I do every day. It's a three mile loop in my town. Um, and mix it up and make it, you know, do it with some, you know, do have some solo running time, which I always love because I feel like I do my best thinking and problem solving on my own without music and just you know, kind of zone out and kind of collect my thoughts. And I also crave like in that community and you know, catching up with a coworker or a friend where, you know, you're being more efficient with your day where you can have a work lunch meeting and go for a run. Um, you, know, you don't care about pace on those runs. You're just getting out the door. And so, I think you can feel a lot more accomplished if you're, if you're catching up with an old friend or or even if you find a coworker that, you know, likes to run and can have a set schedule. I was just to try to find work meetings where I would go out on the run. Especially it was a little easier when I worked in New York Roadrunners because, you know, I would get 90 minutes of Mary Wittenberg on a run where I have no chance for like <laughs> Yeah, it was kind minutes. of par for the course, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you can find, you know, someone that you, you're talking to a lot at work or even if it's a client, you know, depending on what work you do. Um, yeah, I'm there. all for. Hey, I'm all for doing meetings while I'm running. Let's. I'm putting it out there. So, 2019. Yeah. If any any of uh, my uh, professional relationships want to go out for a run, I'm all for it. Um, and I, I echo your statement on having access to certain people because when I went to Running USA last year and they had these 5 a.m. run groups and I. I'd run it early in the morning, so for me it was no big deal, but I got to talk to so many race directors that I probably would have never had the opportunity to talk to because we were out running. And I think something that you've been saying here, and I'm going to throw this out there, is that regardless of what you're doing, 
and there's two things here. Diversify your workouts, which I wrote down here. And I think that's really critical because I think people get in these bubbles of like, I've got to qualify for Boston. You know, that's always kind of, I think that's so, somewhat of a litmus test, right? In the, in the running community is like, oh, you know, qualifying for Boston is a goal because of the race standard and stuff like that. And But I, I think people stay in that bubble and cross training is so important. And I think diversifying your workouts, especially this time of year, because we're kind of in this in between, like, unless you're doing like that, well, unless you're doing like Houston, which is in January, um, you know, Boston, you still got plenty of time to train for hard. Um, so it's like December is kind of like, you know, this, this weird time where you're not really beginning that 16 week journey. Uh, maybe if you're on like a longer training session, maybe you are. But it's great to diversify your workouts, get outside of the running bubble. There's so many classes. I mean, you mentioned a handful of them, but also accountability is so much better with friends, right? And whether that's your spouse, your buddy, your coworker, stranger even. I mean, you know this with November Project and all the work you've done there. I mean, that's a, just a group of strangers making each other accountable. Um, but that is really critical. And I think you know, as you said, like the winter can be a really hard time. And I think that's, you know, part of the other thing, especially here in New England and on the eastern, you know, northern hemisphere, I guess, of the United States here, where the temperatures are just brutal. And, you know, getting up early in the morning or after work when it's dark is just not easy by yourself. So it's great to have like a buddy and have a buddy system. And I think that's. Yeah, and I mean, that actually brings up a great point as much as uh, kind of a new initiative that I'm working on for 2019 is runner uh, safety awareness, you know, where you, you know, obviously strength in numbers, and you know, there's definitely been, I don't know if it's a, a rising number of incidents, but it's definitely been a rising number of incidents that we're hearing about, where there's, you know, there's attacks, and there's different, you know, not great circumstances out there when you're out there alone, in the dark, because you know, resolutions coming in, so that's something that I definitely, we're looking at starting a uh, runner awareness, um, a runner safety awareness week at the end of January, because we know people are know, doing those New Year's resolutions, getting out, and it's dark before work, it's dark after work, so obviously the community building and it's efficient with having meetings and connecting with, gossiping with with friends or whatever the, the connection is on the run, but definitely safety is definitely something to be aware of, and that could be, you know, watching out for the cyclists or the bus, you know, when you're out there on the roads, but yeah. also whether you're on parks or various, you know, your courses, running with people is definitely safer, and again, I love running solo, because you know, it's you know, you good thinking and all that, but just definitely be mindful of not running with headphones in, in the dark by yourself. That's definitely, you put yourself in a situation that's, you know, unfortunately, bad things can happen. So it's not to be a Debbie Downer, but you mentioned uh, accountability and community and doing it with other folks. Definitely, it's safer that way as well. So that's something to, uh, to definitely keep on top of mind to uh, make sure we're putting ourselves in a situation where we're I couldn't echo that sentiment more, John. And, you know, I think if you can have a buddy, it's great for accountability, but also um, safety, even with and without buddies, right? So if you're with yourself, I think there's got to be some common sense. And not to say that even if you do use common sense, there's not bad people out there that are looking to do harmful things. Just be smart. I think what you just said, you know, headphones, especially if you're out early in the morning, I never wear headphones when I run. I, I did early on and I just never have. And there's a variety of reasons why. But I think from a safety standpoint, you know, you hear everything that's going on. But I, I think one of the things, too, for people who are listening that are runners and we'll stick with runners, 
especially if you are not in a setting where you can't get to a park with closed roads, always be aware. And I always tell people, especially our runners and even friends, like don't always assume that cars coming towards you see you and cars turning right, you know, look right because most people look left because that's the routine of traffic. Thank you. Uh, to the Connecticut DOT worker that almost hit me the other day because he did not turn turn right uh, or did not look right when he was turning. I, I do have his marker number. I'll put that out on social media later. Uh, but in all seriousness, and that is serious, I, I did almost get hit by a DOT worker at like five in the morning. But one thing that I've always done running early in the morning and this is, I think you need like, and this might be a great podcast to have, John, at some point in the future is like a safety check. Or maybe if you are doing some of the safety things is like, I always wear reflective gear in the morning when I'm running, yellow, yep. orange, um, and I always wear a headlamp and a flashlight. I always carry, I've, I've got this knuckle, they, they sell these, there's many devices, but I, I bought a knuckle light, uh, which just wraps around your hand. I don't like to carry a lot of stuff, but it, it actually is pretty easy to hold. It just wraps around your hand and has like an elastic uh, band and it fits right into the palm of my hand and are the knuckles right over my knuckles and, and you don't even notice it running. And uh, it's pretty, um, pretty reflective. It's got like six or seven LED lights on it and it actually does like three different modes of, of blinking and just static lights and stuff like that but so I, I totally would recommend that you have you know one or two lights on you at all times and also i think when a safety is making sure that your significant other or you know if you're by yourself at least someone knows um who is someone who cares about you like hey like where do you run most of the time god forbid something were to happen um so yeah I mean, this is definitely a, it should be several podcasts like yeah i know we're we're, we're yeah, there's so much more to that, but like, yeah, I think that just on the on a higher level, there's some just common. I would say common sense, but that's kind of not to be uh, derogatory to anyone. I think there's just a couple things to just keep in mind, in particular safety, in particular in running. So, you know what? You just hit it. This is like a podcast for itself. Is maybe safety and running on January? Like we roll this out. Yeah, I'm actually bringing in this guy Todd Williams, two-time Olympian in the '90s. He ran at Tennessee. He started a company called Run Safer. He's been doing it for seven years. So I'm going to bring him out to New York um, in January to do some self-defense classes and awareness. Kind of, we're going to do some solidarity running awareness. I mean, unfortunately, in the end of 2016, they had three women get murdered on a run in nine days. One in so Iowa, crazy. one in Massachusetts, one here in Queens. Uh, a woman who went to St. John's where I went. So yep. way too too much. I mean, that's obviously super extreme, but, but there's things we can do to make ourselves more aware and more conscious and might seem like something or obvious, but we want to make make it more obvious and make sure that we're all doing a better job to be better citizens. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously a, a mental health component here, which you can't always uh, protect every everyone from. But, you know, sometimes how do you handle those situations? I'm, I'll be on the subway here in New York. And you might run into someone who maybe doesn't seem mentally fit or having some issues. And this, this, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'd like to be better trained on how to, you know, make sure that situation doesn't get out of hand or who to go to and protocol so you know what the website we are developing run runner safety goes from, from the gamut of sexual harassment all the way to you know getting hit by a bike um, runner safety is pretty broad but yeah you know, we definitely have, have a whole series on this um, absolutely so appreciate total time to, to talk about it now yeah absolutely and that's a great idea and one thing so I, I want to kind of not necessarily shift completely away from this topic 
but still staying in this mental mindset of staying in shape for New Year's, get a buddy, diversify your workouts, stay safe. But then also in that same realm of staying safe is this weather, right? And that's something else that we, we I think, should mention too, John, because here in New England, you know, we're here uh, in the northern hemisphere in the United States and, you know, temperatures are, you know, today is supposed to not even be 20 degrees, I think. Um, and the weather doesn't look like it's getting any warmer the next, you know, 10 to, 10 to 14 days. Other parts of the country we're dealing with fires where there's not necessarily the fire concern. I mean, people shouldn't be running. Let's put this out there, John, right? Like if there's massive fires going in your area, you should not be running and you know in that vicinity but then the flip side of that i know in like the bay area there were concerns about the air quality you know so it wasn't even necessarily the the fire itself which common sense would tell you hey like don't run in an area where there's forest fires but then there's just more of that air quality issue and i know uh, some of our runners uh, alumni i've seen plenty of pictures the midwest has had plenty of snow already this year um, you know, so there's safety concerns there. So what are some of the things, you know, that we should tell the audience here, do's and don'ts about weather? And and I guess I would preface this, John, is saying is like one day doesn't ruin your lifestyle. So if like, hey, if there's a snowstorm today or if it's 20 degrees and it's too cold or 10 degrees, like just take the day off, right, would you say? Yeah, I mean, obviously if it's looking at air quality, weather from fires, I mean, that's when you do run on the treadmill and you can, you can control your environment indoors and maybe not as exciting as you're used to being outdoors, but that's something that you definitely need to be paying attention to. Uh, one day moving around, you definitely want to be, don't be too type A about that. You can easily check the forecast and say, oh, Thursday's going to be 37. Let's do my harder workout yeah. or my longer run that day. And then the, the, the really bad day, you, you, you make it make it an indoor workout or you make the workout on you know, the member project up in Boston. They do they have Fridays. They meet at Summit Avenue and some of it's more, I guess, good, good being a good neighbor because they're, they can be in a loud and obnoxious group. And I mean that in a positive way. Um, and so they're running up Summit Avenue. There's people going to work, people going to school, you know, families getting up, eating breakfast. So you have all these, these folks that are uh, super excited running up their backyard, their, their front lawn there. So they actually break it, break out the shovels and they, and their workout that day is shoveling all their neighbors or the, the people, the, they are the, the streets that they run up on 7th Avenue. So you could, you know, if it's lots of snow, be like, you know what, I'm going to probably, probably shovel a lot of snow today. That's a physical activity. You often, you, unfortunately, you see people like have heart attacks because they're not used to that physical activity. So Correct. be careful there. Um, but yeah, just, you know, you can use the environment, to, to the weather to your advantage in the, in the, snow case, in the case of the snow. Um, but the key is, I mean, especially nowadays, there's such, I mean, some of it's more expensive than others, but you know, there's a lot, a lot more quality, um, you know, running gear than there was, you know, when you and I were growing up. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to throw on some sweats and some tooth socks and hope yeah. for the best. But now you have, like, the Lululemon stuff or even the Gap Fit, which is a lot more cheaper. And, there's, you know, there's lots of, like, good materials, good, um, you know, whether it's reflective gear for the outer layers, which is super important for safety. But you layer up. And people often say, what do you do in the winter? I go, well, I run outdoors. Yeah. They're like, you're crazy. The only time I don't run outdoors is when it's icing. Icing, icy, ice is, you can, black ice, you don't see it. You can grip, break an elbow, break a wrist, uh, get a concussion. That's, you know, that's not something you want to do. But snow, you're going to run slower. Also using the muscles differently, and that's a good workout. So if you layer up and extra pair of socks, and um, you know, put those Zantrax or whatever products you put on the bottom of your shoes, if it's 
a little too bit, a lot of snow, a little bit icy, a little slick. Um, key with that is making sure once you run, you may not know you're sweating, uh, but that low, that first or second layer of five layers is definitely sweaty and wet. <laughs> so don't go get coffee for an hour and then also go back outside in the, in the freezing cold and be like, oh. So those are things when it's, you know, you can layer up and, and uh, you know, I got to run in five degree weather then, 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 then a really windy day that's maybe 30 degrees, but it seems like zero with the wind chill or an icy day. So it's really just the uh, being smart. And you don't necessarily need, I guess I do a lot more laundry in the winter. Like I feel like I have to do, um, you know, loads of laundry in the winter, winter five layers. I think layering up, though, is really the key. I think in Alley, you know, and I, and I I laugh at what you're saying about having more laundry in the wintertime. I think it's just because of the layers. And I, I see that firsthand for me, you know, running the other morning. I ran yesterday morning, and I think it was about 24 degrees when I ran early in the morning. And uh, I think I had three layers on the bottom and then, you know, four layers on top with uh, with the red reflective jacket. And I think it, it's just relative. And I, I think everyone – is different in terms of what they're comfortable with. And I think the layering is, is so critical. And I think the one thing that you said from the very beginning is the fabrics and the materials and the clothing is so different and it's evolving and it continues to evolve. And I think what's happened is I think about five years ago, you had to spend a lot of money to get really good quality gear where now you can get a lot of the stuff on sale from last year uh, because the winters haven't been as bad as they've been in the past. But what's also happened is there's so many new players and so many players in the market of uh, performance apparel that it's really driven the prices down. So you can get away with, you know, you can go to Target and you can get, you know, Target branded performance wear that works well, that'll do the trick. Um, or, you know, you can go to Walmart or you can go to some of these off street retailers that, you know, sell a North Face for 50% off. Or you can find totally that stuff. My, but I like the stuff work I do on New Balance. I did the past. Yeah. I a lot of work with um, Lemon, as an ambassador. You know, New York Project has a late North Face. So five years ago, I started New York Project New York. I had like the crappy sweatpants. And <laughs> that, like, I was, uh, I was freezing half the time because you're out there leading it. Yeah. A little bit colder. Like when I coach, I'm free butt off about running around and doing it. But I've always been out extra clothes. My wife sells it on some internet site, I think Poshmark or something like that. You might even find something like gear unused and used. But um, it's been like more to get jet to uh, add on to that just to clean. Like, you know, we're, yeah, we're living in Brooklyn, so we a huge place. Get rid of some of these things. I have some nostalgic, um, you know, connections to the, the first marathon and all those things. We have a battle of. You know, like if you haven't worn it this year, you should get rid of it. Yeah, that works yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. But it, I mean, there's a lot of internet sites out there where people are selling their stuff, which is brand new. Uh, they just have, you know, whatever, you know, have, you know exercise or whatever it was. But yeah, you're right. There's different ways of getting pretty quality stuff. More players in the, in, in the space, and whether that's going to you know an actual um, brick and mortar place online, you know, Amazon Prime. You know, a lot of people get their running shoes off Amazon Prime these days. So, John, what are you looking most forward to in 2019? I know it's a big year. We got the Olympic trials. There's a lot of big races again. And coming off of, you know, I I saw like the London Marathon had a record. I think they had almost 450,000 people apply. 
for their drawing. New York had a record year in their drawing. I heard Chicago's uh, drawing for 2019 is at a record. I believe I just read in Running USA that the 2019 New York City Half Marathon is going to be their biggest half marathon. So there's a lot of really exciting things happening in 2019. And, and what are you most excited for? Yeah, and I, I coach a lot of groups. Project Purple, so I'm really excited to continue helping folks that I've already coached reach uh, you know greater levels. Also, I, I love working with a newbie or someone who's back to the sport after a long break or from opportunity leave or whatever it is. So there's definitely an excitement there with the groups that I'm growing and building. Um, personally, I, I definitely want to get older. I've been saying that. People ask what I'm training for. And I, I said I'm training for life. Um, it's kind of generic and kind of it sounds nice, but what does that actually mean? And so maybe paying attention to a little bit more of um, you know, NYC half this year. If I'm not pacing anyone, you know, I'd like to be fit enough to run my best time, not ever, but you know, I mean, my best time in a while. So then I have a little bit more purpose and accountability and get out and out the door. But you know, I, I just rebranded my company, VJJ, our hunter camp is now called Run Camp. And the camp is KMP, like my last name. And you know, we're doing things like actual camps, like I'm doing a um, uh, kind of runcation in Ireland, Ding, Ireland, and Memorial Day weekend that I'll be promoting, getting out there, just being creative and trying different things. Now that I work for myself, or I could work with great partners like Project Purple and Eugenia, or we work. I started a running group there last year. Now I'm working with Daniel from this restaurant group, which is unique because that industry is is pretty terrible for life balance and wellness. So it's kind of fun professionally to, to try different things and work with people that I seek out or seek out me. To kind of, you know, obviously make a living, but also you know, celebrate the sport. But then personally, as far as my own running, I definitely would mind getting a little bit fitter than I am. And uh, whether it's an age group win versus uh, winning the actual race like I used to back in the day, I definitely would like to be you know, a little bit more into my own running. And, and not that I won't coach and still be super involved with that aspect, but a little more balance. I just talk about balance and you know, diversifying and balance and life balance. Um, it may be, it may be a little bit selfish. I think it's not necessarily a bad thing. So, I mean, that's something personally with my own running I'd like to do, uh, this year, but, uh, you know, grow all things, including my work with you guys. Well, we can't wait for it. And I, I think, you know, reinventing yourself, uh, is awesome. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to 2019. I mean, 2018 was a record year for us. You were a big part of that biggest team ever in New York, most money raised, in New York, Chicago, we had uh, records across the board and so many runners that helped us get there. You played a big part in that. So I cannot wait for 2019. Uh, John, I appreciate the time. We look forward to working with Run Camp in 2019 and uh, everything that it brings. And I know we've got you on the podcast in the future. We just came up with, I think, two or three podcast episodes here that we, uh, we've we definitely got to get you back here early 2019 and talk further about. So appreciate all the time enjoy the holidays thank you for all you do for project purple and uh, we can't wait for 2019 it can't get here sooner than we than we want it so appreciate yeah, it John. I mean, have, yeah no problem have, thanks for having me have a happy holiday get out there once a week if you're not doing anything just baby steps small battles win small battles and, and a big you know, positive war to hit uh, in 2019 so looking forward to what's to come awesome That's a wrap, folks. Thank you for being on the Project Purple Podcast.